This is the Realm of Agape Christian Church. We thank God. Hallelujah. Father God, I pray that you will reveal truth by your spirit from the word, the true unadulterated word of God. May it bless us until we make a resounding praise with our life that Jesus touched us. He cleansed and made us whole. He could do the same for others in the world. Let us be light. Let us be salt in the world. Yes. Let men and women, boys and girls around the world say, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. He's, good. He's, able, He's able to do exceeding abundantly above yes. what we could ask or think. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. In your name Amen. Jesus. Swiftly, we're going to be in the book of books of Luke and James. We thank God for this spiritual yes, maturity Hallelujah. series. God has been carrying us through a prophetic curricular journey. And here we are this morning. Yet, amen. Receiving the counsel of the Most High. Luke 8, verses 43 and 44. I'm going to be there in the King James Version. And in the book of James, chapter 4, verses 8 through 10. We thank God. I'm going to read to your hearing from Luke 8, verses 43 and 44. It says here in the word, And a woman having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any came behind him, that is Jesus, and touched the border of his garment. And immediately her issue of blood stanched. Amen. It stopped cold. My God. Now I'm quickly in the book of James, verse, uh, verses 8 through 10 of chapter 4. It says, draw nigh to God. And you know what? It yeah. says, and he will draw nigh to you. Yes. Cleanse your hands, ye sinners, and purify your hearts, ye double-minded. Yes. Be afflicted and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to heaviness. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. The last message left us with an available bridge to cross when we are in a need to restore and maintain the holiness of God. Do you recall that? To be holy as God is holy, we must commit ourselves to staying in fellowship with him. Thank God. Jesus must become our spiritually intimate friend, our Lord, our master. And he is all of that so that he will give us the life that we are destitute of. He will help us by guarding it. He will guide us to an eternally blessed home with him. It will be the best condition for our eternal spiritual well-being if we let God take us through that process. However, along the road to getting there, 
we will have to deal with some struggles because we are here on this earth, the fallen spiritual place called earth. There are going to be some opposing forces. Think it not, amen. Uh, strange when these various trials come your way, amen. They're going to come. Some of those forces are external, but sometimes the worst and the most hindering kind are within you and within me. This message is an alarm to help us gain the confidence necessary to be more ready to develop and maintain the sensitivity of knowing what God wants instead of what our flesh wants, instead of what the world, secular humanistic world may want, and, of course, instead of what Satan wants. This insight is of the essence when it comes to our spiritual well-being here on this fallen earth. The strength to endure life's temptations and storms rests in our ability to draw nigh and touch Jesus. Yes. I want to share revelation from that very thought. Draw nigh and touch Jesus. There's a primary witness of this message. The very woman in the scripture who drew nigh and touched Jesus. She's found in that main text we read. As she drew nigh to Jesus, she was used by God to reveal a special nuance about his character and about his attitude towards the true spiritual faith of real worshipers. A lot of people come to church and are conjoled into singing and clapping their hands and perhaps calling and responding in various ways as choreographed by the praise leaders and such but not many are connected authentically in the spiritual realm right. to worship God in spirit and in the truth of his word. Yes. Sometimes we're going on hearsay and that hearsay oftentimes is a miseducation uh -huh. and the spirit of God is not in it. Oftentimes there have been seducing spirits roaming about the earth, miseducating folks. And one of the biggest institutions for miseducating folks by those uh, seducing spirits is none other than various buildings with a church name on it. Mm. Isn't it like Satan to show up where the people of God are showing up? Yeah. Wasn't he there when the other angels were making reports to God and God called him and asked him what he was all about? You know, he was all about going around tempting and uh, seeking whom he made a vow and such. He, he said, you know how I roll, you know, and um, this is what he does. And he could get in the very teaching. He could sneak in the teaching. Mm. It could be a very subtle nuance of change. Yes. Almost unnoticeable. Yes. Unnoticeable to some. Uh -huh. My God. And uh, it could be uh, something that's tolerated by others. Right. And built up and taught regardless of the error. But this is how the devil works. He has doctrines within the very building of places that are called a church. 
and people have been teaching these things for generations and they, they feel comfortable like it's a part of what church should be. But God did not call us to be tyrants over others yes. and being busybodies in other people's matters. Oh, I'm describing apostles and bishops. Mm -hmm. I'm describing missionaries and prophets and teachers. Mm -hmm. People, amen, have taken the place of God and now feel like, like they are the Holy Ghost and they could go in and do what God is supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. But we are not God. That's right. It was he that made us and not we ourselves. But isn't it like people to go into those misteachings and act as if they're the ones that wrote the whole Bible? Mm. Yes, they wrote their Bible, but not God's Bible. Amen. God's Bible is unadulterated. God's Bible does not add things. God does not have oops and a plan B. These people have rewritten the word by taking things out and adding things, changing things. Change. And if they have a certain thesis, the whole Bible has to change to match that, that thesis. thesis. See? My there God. Yep. But there are some who have come to draw nigh mm -hmm. to touch Jesus. Yes. Not traditions. To touch Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to glean from the experience of this woman in the scripture and experiences of two other biblical witnesses who will teach us all to draw nigh and touch Jesus, despite external and internal circumstances that serve to hinder us. These ancient witnesses have testimonies that are yet very relevant for us today. They serve as worship icons, if you will, for modern worshipers. They were able to speak about the complete experience of worship to their contemporaries, causing evangelistic blessings to flow to others. You cannot truly evangelize in Jesus' name, you know, in Jesus' auspices, the way Jesus would have you do it. Amen. If you are not one of his true spiritual worshipers, you're going to concoct your own uh, biblical testimony that is really unbiblical. But preach it as though it is biblical. And then people may follow you, but then they will begin to uh, have a bit of taste in their mouths in their spirit and they will begin to uh, claim that this is God that's this tasteful when it is not him it is the faulty teaching and then people who make a false claim of repentance then will become apostates and turn away from the church that's the devil's plan this is why he has planted miseducators in the very house of God and they're all on social media they're everywhere but we're going to look at people who are able to speak from the evangelistic blessings from God and had them to flow to others. They became a holy conduit, if you will. You cannot truly evangelize that way if God hasn't transformed you for real. The cares of today's world will block your soul from the power it needs to experience real wholeness. Everything within you should be blessing the Lord. In other words, serving the Lord. Sometimes we're here to serve ourselves. And hence you have folks rushing to those titles that are at the pinnacle of the pyramids that they create so that they can control others. This is what people are after. Power. They want that power to be at the top. And no one can tell them any different once they are up there. They are in an ivory tower and nobody can judge them.
my God. But we don't want to be entrenched in selfishness like that, for it will poison the very core of your attitude, which should be towards holy worship. There is an anecdote for this deadly poison in today's narcissistic society of selfishness. It's the true spiritual worship of Jesus, the king of all creation. Pastor and writer Paul Anderson wrote this, quote, Struggling people will find help only when they begin to look outside themselves and look toward heaven. Worship, because it focuses outwardly, can bring a healthy, corrective uh, power against narcissism, end quote. Pastor Jack Hayford, the late Pastor Jack Hayford, affirms that, quote, our culture is narcissistic, in other words, selfish. Whenever people focus inwardly rather than outwardly from themselves and upwardly to God, they practice idolatry. Their self-centeredness is a form of idolatry and the godlessness of it all is self-destructive. But there is hope today, people of God, as the song goes, inspired by Jeremiah 8:22, there is a balm in Gilead. Yes, there's healing available at our soul's fingertips. God wants us to use our souls to navigate towards him. Amen. Not towards pleasures of this life, which are fickle and finite and do not hold a grip on the solid rock of Jesus, but the fading fans of traditions of men. Hallelujah. Help me, Holy Ghost. My God. Let's look at how this woman drew nigh to touch Jesus. She's the witness we need. Mm -hmm. She did not worship the physical process of touching him, no, like some of us do when we read her testimony, but was diligent in her motive to worship the healer from heaven. Thank God. The scripture cites two truths about her touch. Number one. Jesus knew when he had been touched. Thank God. Uh, but how many times has he been, quote unquote, touched today and he has not turned his head to see who did it? <laughs> As Luke 8, 43 through 48 reveals, the woman with the issue of blood touched him with the touch of true faith. We cannot please God without faith. She didn't touch him with fear. She didn't touch him with foolishness. She did not touch him with superstition or a fad-based pretense. A lot of our worship today is a fad-based pretense. No, don't hold your hand like this, honey. You got to hold it like that. Like this is passe. Now everybody doing like this, you know. And you got to say it like them. You got to dress a certain way. Oh, my God. There's a formula. There's a formula. But the Holy Ghost comes as he will. He's as the wind. He goes wherever he listeth. You can hear the sound thereof, but you can't tell from whence he is going or coming. So are they that are filled with the Holy Ghost. You can't control the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Thank God. Here's number two. How can we distinguish this woman's touch from other touches? Her touch of true faith became her testimony of victory, which traveled, having a positive rippling effect on the surrounding communities. As cited in Matthew 14, 33 through 36, it records and reveals that uh, when they, Jesus and his disciples, were gone over, they came into the land of Gennesaret. And when the men of that place had 
uh, knowledge of him, they sent out into all that country round about and brought unto him all that were diseased and besought him that they might only touch what? The hem of his garment. As noted, how many had been touched uh, were made what? Perfectly whole. Amen. In Matthew 14, 33-36, the disciples acted as worship leaders, if you will. They worshipped Jesus and recognized him as who? The Son of God. Their spoken Aramaic of this phrase was a clear recognition of the deity of Jesus. He's not just a man. He is God. No mere man deserved their worship and no mere man could do what he had done. Because the Son, S-U-N, of righteousness, has healing where? In his wings. According to Malachi 4, 2. See, don't throw away the Old Testament. It's chronicling who Jesus is. You're not going to know who Jesus is if you don't make friends with God at the beginning. Amen. God has a genesis for us. And we got to walk through the process of it to get to uh, the gospel heralding. And then the explanation of the gospel and the history of those who have walked this earth in faith. And now they're going to be with God forever. you got to go through the whole Bible like that. Amen. So no mere man deserved their worship. No mere man could do what he had done. He was the what? Son of righteousness. It is of no surprise that when the people of Gennesaret on the plain to the northwest of the Sea of Galilee, where he did a lot of his work, were healed by simply touching the what hem of his garment. Yes. This procedure may have been motivated by reports of the cure of the hemorrhage that had previously occurred in that same region. You can compare Matthew 9, 20, where we were, amen. Uh, Rome Agape, you know what? We need this testimony. We need to, amen, be so close to God that uh, we don't, amen, get moved by the pleasures of this life anymore. Mm -hmm. Nothing will move us or, amen, distract us from uh, the core of our holy worship unto Jesus. Amen. We could move in the spirit and, and watch God work. Amen. And he wants to do exceeding abundantly above what we could ask or think. God is greater than everything. And we need to see that move of God in our life and then we could help others to experience it too. We need this testimony. We need it personally. We need it corporately. We need this move of God. People today seem to be less and less able to touch Jesus effectively due to a lack of true faith. True faith can be achieved as it is unlocked. We all have the potential to reach and touch the heart of God. She touched the hem, but she was touching the heart of God. Can we worship until we touch the heart of God? Can we live right after the event of worship and go through a walk of faith in the process of worship as we touch the heart of God? What we think should be touching the heart of God. What we utter with our lips should be touching the heart of God in a positive way. Amen. Thank God. Why is this ability unlocked, though? Making the deliverance uh, power of God seem uh, sometimes inaccessible. Sometimes it's locked away from folk, right? And it seems like deliverance is far, far away. 
This gives churches the inability to touch the communities that they are in. If we are not experiencing this healing touch, guess what? The community around us is not going to experience it. My God. God has an open door policy. But if we do not make the journey to his office, we will never benefit from his powerful presence. If we do not make the journey to him, then how do we expect to take others there? One songster said, come on, I'll take you there. You know, some churches have coined this promissory phrase, making it a staple, if you will, pun intended, of contemporary Christian music. But my question is, uh, where are we taking people? My God. Since Jesus is the way to God the Father, it would behoove us to follow his lead, not our own lead, misguidance lead. Amen. We need to be singing Savior like a shepherd lead us. Yes. For it is he who should be leading us, not, uh, not us trying to lead God around like he's a little puppy. Uh, but he should be leading us to the very throne of God, that gracious office with the open door of mercy. Here's another question. Did Jesus know that the woman with the issue of blood was struggling to make her way to him? Hmm. God in his omniscience did know, yes. And uh, he did not ignore that true worshiper. Many did approach him, many did. But not with the, the quality that was uh, presented by the pure heart of the woman with the disease-defiled body. For if we truly draw nigh to God, he will want truly draw nigh to us. She approached him, having a pure heart of diligent heavenly focus. I said diligent heavenly focus. Thank God. With the right motive, having clean hands. When, you, when your hands got a little dirt on it, you, you're up to something. Amen. Uh, you're trying to look holy, but there's some, some other motive there. My God. We need her intensity of purpose. Yes. We need her motivation in our worship experiences. Yes. In the house of God and outside of the house of God. Especially outside of the house of God. Mm -hmm. Especially when we're away from the other people of God. Amen. How are we faring? How are we thinking, speaking? How are we feeling? What is our passion? My God. What uh, shows do we mostly look at? What do we subscribe to? Maybe the core of our being can uh, be measured by how our money is being spent. Amen. How much passion of pleasure is being paid for? Pay per pleasure. My God. Uh, the, mo the modern worship experience tends to be a show today. An entertainment-seeking session of fleshly proportions. Such an experience is just shy of, if not synonymous with, the goal of the club or the party experience. To have a good, sensuous time. Oh, we had church. Could mean, oh, what a sensuous time we had. Oh, didn't our souls burn with sensuality? We had church. Such an experience also blocks the true evangelistic purpose of the yes. Savior's church. Yes. I said the Savior's church. 
My God, not everybody in the house of God is in the house of God. That's right. Oh, hallelujah. Amen. Uh, so you need the Savior's church, which uh, is going to provide a way for the needs of the spiritually lost world. Mm -hmm. The world is lost and the church is helping them to be more lost. And that's a shame. Yes. If we want the benefits of true worship as God would have it, we must ensure that it is never blocked by these four partitions of praise. Now bear with me. Blockage number one. Uh, the blockage that blocks the flow of God's glory. Uh, church today seems to be a talent show. My God. It seems to be like American Idol. It seems to be like live at the Apollo format. Pulpit versus other pulpits. Congregates versus other congregates. Pulpit versus certain pew pastors. <laughs> pew pastors versus the pulpit. My God, there's another blockage. That was the block of the flow of God's glory. There's, amen, the kind of false worship that blocks the flow of God's honor. It's a legalistic, uh -huh. subcultural, status quo kind of training camp, if you will. Uh -huh. Mold them and make them the way we should have them mold and made. Amen. Uh -huh. And the subcultural ideas of our institution. I thought it was God's church. My God. Instead, see, we must let God do his job. He wants to mold and make all of us according to his divine purpose for each worshiper under his eternal umbrella of agape gifts, which are from the same divine means and motive, but work through different personalities. Let the one Lord, one faith, one baptism, right, move in the spirit in each person. And we do not need carbon copies. We do not we, we do not need everybody sounding the same, doing the same. Amen. Thinking exactly uh, the same as far as what I mean is what your role is and what your uh, ministry is about. Amen. God will have you go in your job and do a certain thing different from what I do on my job. You can't have everybody doing the same thing at the same time. God has a certain nuance of difference. Yes. Because he made all of us to have a different fingerprint. Amen. Right. A different retina scan. We all are different. Amen. Thank God. But we serve the same Jesus. Yes. We should all want be holy. There's one formula for that. But how holy looks in you may not necessarily look exactly how it looks in me. What I mean by that is there's certain people you're going to reach that I may not ever talk to. Amen. But we better be speaking of the truth from the holy word of God. Amen. The same truth. There's not different truths. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one holy Bible. Amen. Thank God. There's a kind of worship today that blocks the flow of God's power. That's number three. A spirit quenching, time killing, space filling. <laughs> uh, but better time is spent in what? Effectual, fervent prayer. People like to amen, do what they feel their soul is telling them to do. But we need to be doing what the Holy Ghost is telling us to do. It's not based on what? Feeling. Uh -huh. Thank God. And you have folks trying to get folks to feel the way they feel. 
I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire, burn with the Holy Ghost. What they really mean is, I wish somebody's soul would catch on fire and burn how my soul is burning. They wanted you to burn how they burn. My God, and some of them been somewhere last night that they shouldn't have been. So they brought that spirit on in. So don't you want to just caress God? I'm like, honey, where have you been? Brought the flesh and tried to make it ecclesiastical. But God's saying, this is not going to be that which is spoken by the world. It's going to be spoken by the Holy Ghost. Amen. Let the Holy Ghost give utterance. Amen. Not the devil give utterance. Amen. The devil will find his way in your tongue. There's a lot of unholy tongues flapping in the so-called house of God today. And some people who are all around the altar, so-called tarrying around the altar, were given a false tongue. The devil could speak in a tongue. But the Bible was specific with its adjectives. It said, as the Spirit of God would give utterance. Amen. The Bible had to put that because sometimes the devil gets in your tongue. You didn't loose yourself over to the auspices of God. You didn't let go this and let go that. That little thing is controlling your whole self. You got to let go of everything. Let it go. The more you let go of that mess, the more God can come in your life. And that's what the feeling is about. It's not about the ability to cry with the best of them. I had more tears than you. Boo, hoo, hoo, hoo. I got on the ground and, ooh, my dress is all messed up. Look at my afro. Oh, it used to be straight here. Lord, I had worship. My God. And how come folk haven't changed, though, for real? How come there hasn't been an authentic transformation yeah. uh, we need more than the soulish realm antics we got the now blast off get out of the soulish realm and get into the realm of the spirit there's a quietness in the spirit that the soul can't amen stand very much you got to have some noise going all the time we're not gonna have church unless there's a lot of noise folk running around my god and it has to be clamor Clamor and glamour. That's what people, yeah, people are about. Big hats and big dances. Clamor and glamour. My God. But we need the move of God. Sometimes the Lord will make you shut up and sit down. Sometimes he'll make you contemplate, sit down, and think all about yourself. The Holy Ghost will reveal yourself to you. And let you know all the specific little things that he is not pleased with. But we think the Holy Ghost is too nitpicky. We don't want to hear what the Holy Ghost got to say. But God said the day you hear his voice, harden not your heart. Let him come in and tell you about yourself. If you find anything that shouldn't be, Lord, take it out. Strengthen me. I want to be right. I want to be saved. I want to be whole. Thank you, Lord. You know what? There's a kind of worship today, number four, that blocks the flow of God's blessings. It's a pretentious parade of problem-free parishioners. We don't have to repent. There's nothing wrong. We don't ever need to repent. Let's just take the altar out. It's clutter. We don't need the altar anymore. That's old day clutter. Let's get rid of it. We come as we are and we stay as we are. But the Holy Ghost came to make you uncomfortable in your sin, baby. Right. You, you should be squirming in your pew. Right. You should be trying to see what God came to do. 
and amen. You need to get rid of some stuff. God said, lay it down on the altar. All the sins and things that easily beset you. Get rid of those things. And most of those who appear to be needy in today's church. Oh, you needy? Ugh. Well, wait, you, you, you need to be like us. There's no need for all of that. We came to make you feel happy. That's on a couple of websites I've seen in other churches that are here and around town. They want to make you feel happy. Church would be a fun, enjoyable place. And they give you all kind of refreshments and things. And you could take them right in the pew. You know, they get a little sippy cup holders and everything. Oh, my God. You're going to feel good. Soft seats, nice air. Oh, just everything cozy. And you could be cozy in your sin and go straight to a burning hell. That's right. I don't want to go to hell from within the church. Amen. Oh. My God, what kind of craziness is that? I want to come to church. It should be a spiritual hospital to let me know what's up. You don't want the doctor lying to you. You got terminal illness and he's talking about, oh, no, everything's good. We can't talk about negativity. No, you're good. You're good. Go on home. Enjoy your life. This is what churches are doing. People are going to hell, but we're saying, go on, enjoy your life. But God is calling for us to preach the unadulterated word of God. Let the Holy Ghost come to convict sin and to eradicate its power and presence in our lives so that we could become clean. Amen. Holy and clean in mind and body. Hallelujah. Anyhow. Now, these walls, all that I just talked about, these walls serve as a as a dam, a blockage. Blocking the flow of corporate praise that must rise from the earth to unlock our corporate blessing from the heavens. We're about done, but this is good right here. This is a prophetic word. God's using math here. Thank God. Let's look at this number study that's in the word. People pass by it and they, they miss the blessing of it. But the number seven stamps everything with spiritual perfection. That's what seven is all about. What? Spiritual perfection. That's what we want in our life. What series are we in? The spiritual maturity series. Amen. So this number is a heavenly number. It stands therefore in contrast to the number four, the number of the earth. Hence, when in Revelation 5, 12, the heavenly multitudes praise they praise with a sevenfold blessing. Here's how the sevenfold blessing sounds. Now stay with me. Worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive, here come the seven things, power, riches, wisdom, strength, honor, glory, and blessing. Thank God. Uh, whereas in verse 13, when the created earthly beings praise, the creatures that are, quote, on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, end quote, when these join in their ascription of praise, it is only what fold? Four fold. Blessing, honor, glory, and power be unto him that what sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb of God forever and ever. See, we attribute that to who God, 
blessing, honor, amen, glory, and power. Notice that there is an embedded equation of praise here. Heaven's sevenfold praise minus earth's fourfold praise equals a threefold depletion. Come on, accountant. What? Threefold depletion, which equates to the divine nutrients we need from Jehovah Jireh, which are riches, wisdom, and strength. What is the thing we need? What is the group we need? Riches, wisdom, and strength. They come from who? Jehovah Jireh. But God is not Jehovah Jireh to just any and everybody. He's not Jehovah Jireh all willy-nilly all over the place. You have to have a what? Right relationship with him. You have to diligently what? Seek him. Why? Because he is a rewarder of them who what? Diligently seek him. That means you are living for him. Your life's purpose is all about him. That's what the seeking him is. You seek to please him. Seek to praise him. Seek to be in right standing with him. Seek to be guarded and guided by him. Fed by him and him alone. Notice that there is an embedded equation. My God, we, 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 we skip right over it. But this equation equates to the divine nutrients we need from our own Jehovah Jireh. People today want these heavenly goods without God's fellowship. They don't want to have fellowship. We are not discipling people into being in fellowship with God. Oh, you can just name it, claim it, and blab it and grab it. Come on and get your riches. Come on and get your wisdom. I know everything. You don't have to tell me anything. Don't judge me. I know everything. And strength. They like power. They have power structures developed in their houses. My God. So these temptations of hell have found their way into the church. The temptations of this earth drive us to make our own way to these things. I will ascend to the very highest north. I will. I, I, I. Sound like their father, the devil. Without submissive praises and confession to the eternal king of kings, we cannot expect to have a complete worship experience. So many are, quote unquote, worshiping today, but it is not a what? Complete worship experience. Yes. We need to draw nigh and what? Touch Jesus. So many are drawing nigh, but they're not touching Jesus. Right. They're touching a choreography of miseducation and misguidance. Yes. Oh, I fit in the status quo of this institution. I've made it. She spoke. I heard it. She spoke. He spoke. I heard it. Oh, they in there. They in there. No, y'all need to marinate a while. I'm like a marination cook. No, you need to stay there a minute. Amen. God is a crock pot God. He's a slow cooker, baby. He may not come when you want him, but he's what? Right on time. He's a crock pot God. He's, amen, not a microwave all the time like some of us want. All these pop tongs, just pop them in, they pop right out. Hot pockets, nah. God is not no hot pockets. He's a slow, you got to let the oven, amen, preheat. There's a preheat in the process. And uh, during the preheating, he's molding and making you the way you ought to be, amen. Thank God and shut you in and shut out the world. 
That's how my mama made the, the, the yeast rolls. You got to knead the dough. You got to get the sin kinks out of there. God needs to knead the dough of our soul. Make it right. Thank God we're a little too lumpy. My God, God needs to get all the lumps out. He needs to mix in the holiness so that it'll swell up in you. Thank God and grow, amen, in the grace of God. And then he shuts you in and shuts out the world. Put the rolls in that dark, warm place beneath the shadow of God's wings where you can develop, hallelujah. And then you come out and you look bigger. You have grown in the grace of God. Those rolls, amen, they're not baked yet, but they look all puffy because the yeast has, amen, spread out in them. And then you could bake them. The oven was preheated. Now it's ready to receive you. Amen. The table has been ready. God's going to put you right on in. Thank God he's going to make you over. You're not going to come out the same way you came in. Thank God used to have all these separate ingredients with no purpose, but God brought purpose together in that bowl and kneaded it all together. Hallelujah. While he's preparing a place for you. Hallelujah. Then he puts you in there and let you grow some more. Discipleship has a process, but folks don't want to stay in the presence of God long enough to be received in God the way he would have it. You can't just go in the Holy of Holies all willy-nilly. Amen. I can come as ye are. That's what people have this attitude. They could care less about God made them and not they themselves. They could care less that they have entered into his gates. Forget about Thanksgiving. I'm good. I'm the most important thing here. Me, myself, and I. It's a narcissistic society. And we brought it into the house of God. My God, what has happened to the house of God? We're ignoring the formula. People today want these heavenly goods without God's fellowship. The temptations of this earth drive us to make our own way to these needs. Riches, wisdom, and strength. Without submissive praises and confession to the eternal king of kings, we cannot expect to have a what? Complete worship experience. We need to draw nigh and touch Jesus. If we do, he is certain to pay attention to us. Because he is what? True to his word. I didn't say we got to make God do something. I said God is going to be what? True to his word. Amen. Jesus heeded the true spiritual faith of these three witnesses. Do you remember these in the Bible? In Matthew 9, 18, also found in Mark 5, 22, also found in Luke 8, 40. The worshiping ruler. Remember this person? He was a ruler of the synagogue. But what did he do? Laid down his vestments. He said, forget about the venue and all that. He fell down at Jesus' feet, worshiping him. Amen. And besought him that he would what? Come into his house. God didn't just come for him. He wanted the whole household what? Saved. I remember Billy Graham testifying of this, amen, doctorate level bishop of a great denomination came to him after one of his meetings. He said, I don't feel like I know Jesus. I've been to seminary. I've been to all of these places and I have high levels of education. I know about the word of God the nuances about the literature and such, but I don't know Jesus. He drew nigh, but he never touched 
Jesus. My God. What about this witness? Uh, found in Matthew 9, 20, Mark 5, 28, and Luke 8, 43. The worshiping woman with the incurable disease. She is the one of our scripture today. She said, if I may what touch but his clothes, I shall be uh, made whole. Even though she was considered of lowest social order. See, people forgot about that. Being pronounced Levitically unclean. People forgot about that. She yet what? Pressed her way through the crowd to get to Jesus, my God. Hallelujah. She reached for the stars and was able to get somewhere in the stratosphere, in the ballpark, the hem of his garment. Oh, but it was like she was touching him, not just the him. Amen. What about this witness in Matthew 15, 22? The worshiping Canaanite woman. Y'all remember her? After the Lord's test that he gave her, his poetic description of his primary evangelistic purpose, which was first to come to Israel. Everyone else was out like outsiders. They were like as social dogs, if you will. Jesus wasn't calling her a female dog. No, he didn't come to do that. That's the devil's job. But Jesus came to convict and to test. He knew of what sort she was. And it was a, a testimony for all of us today that if you press your way to Jesus, and you know your relationship with him. You know what God told you to do. You were called of him. Amen. You drew nigh. And amen. The day you heard his voice, you didn't harden your heart. You kept on keeping on and you kept on pressing your way, regardless of external Amen. Extremities that were blocking you, uh, despite uh, internal uh, things inside you that were blocking you, all your proclivities, blocking you, things you learned from your family, the generational curses and such, miseducation along the way. You heard the Holy Ghost from the Word, and you knew it was the real truth, so you pressed your way. After that test, she, amen, passed it. She said, truth, Lord. Yet the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from their master's table. Oh, I can see my daughter's dog, Pippin, coming under the table, sniffing around for crumbs. He's not welcome at the dinner table. He's supposed to be over there playing on his little doggy rug. You stay over there in the extremities of outside. You're an outsider. You don't belong here. Go to your little doggy spot. When he's coming around, I feel a tickle on my ankle. I say, what? Pippin, what are you doing out here? He found some crumb. He was happy. He said, it's better than that kibble. I want what y'all got. Hallelujah. This woman wanted what God had for her. I, I sense that he's the man from, from heaven. And he gave me a spiritual sensitivity to know that what he has is going to last eternally despite what I'm going through right now. God is better. He's the hope of glory. I'm going to go towards what I am sensing in the Holy Ghost because now I see him as he is. That's the origin of my blessing. I'm going to him. He's my origin and my destiny. I'm going to him. Hey, hallelujah. I'm going to press my way. I'm going to draw nigh and touch Jesus. How many times do we come to church? Oh, same old humdrum. Here we go. And the devil make us look at each other funny. Cross-eyed. Yeah, there you go. I saw that little attitude. Mm -hmm. I saw that. Amen. The devil have us thinking stuff. And then we're going to miss our blessing in church. We're going to miss our blessing. We came to worship what? Who? 
Christ the Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank God. The devil will make busyness and uh, 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 the things that we do over and over, robotic things, be, they become boring. Oh, the same old, same old. Seem like we're not getting any results. Oh, seem like I'm wasting my time. Seem like I'm wasting my gift. That's the devil's talk. That's miseducation from hell. Amen. But if I do anything to honor Jesus, it's never a waste of time. Thank God, some of the best psalms written in the Bible, some of the best epistles and, and prophecies written in the Bible, some of the best revelation about God were of people who wrote in their journals. They were alone with God. And look how God blessed so many other souls because they were alone and touched God. They drew nigh and touched God. Hallelujah. We got to draw nigh and touch God, though the body feels, it makes you sense uh, like you're in an unsavory place, like you're in a desert. To, but know in the spirit that you got to be worshiping God. What? In spirit and truth, not in your flesh. The flesh will sense like you are in a dry and thirsty land. But you got more. Amen. If you get into the spirit and get outside of that, amen, go into the realm of the spirit, you will see God. Ah, oh, what a, 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 a dreadful place. This is none other than the house of God, the gate of heaven. It was kind of spooky because it was new. The flesh was not aware of it. And Jacob was able to see angels going up and down the ladder. Well, we are climbing Jacob's ladder. Soldiers of the cross. Hey, hallelujah. Do you think I'll make a soldier? I want to be a soldier of the cross. I'm going to press my way through the crowds. Amen. And I'm going to get to Jesus. Thank God. You cannot advance the kingdom of Christ if you are not one of his true spiritual worshipers. Let's not forget it. God's going to test us to see of what sort we are. He's going to let us be in a dry and thirsty land for a minute. Did Ezekiel give up? No. He saw a vision of the bones, them dry bones, them bones. <laughs> My God and God started putting the bones together. Oh, and, and a whole army of God was built up from a dry and thirsty thought. Hallelujah. God will show you the vision while you're in a dry and thirsty land. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to give in. I'm going to keep on keeping on. I remember this movie, uh, The Karate Kid. Yes, Mr. Miyagi was trained as a Buddhist, the Zen Buddhist and all that stuff. But he was uh, using what God gave us to do. Uh, do a work unto, amen. We're going to do a work unto God, though. Because there's going to come a day of reckoning where we got to use Everything that we were exercising in that work. Amen. And the little boy was doing monotonous stuff. Seemed like it didn't even make any sense. What is this connected to? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing that? Why am I doing that 50,000 times? Then Mr. Miyagi let him put it all together and let him know he was being trained all along. Thank God we're being trained all along. But sometimes we miss our blessing because we are starting to murmur. Amen. There's a recipe of Satan that will make us falter and fall. It begins with murmuring. My God, we got to make murmuring distasteful. The day we hear the voice of murmuring, let's harden our heart. Amen. Harden your heart to murmuring. How can you represent the king of glory 
when you are not one of his subjects. Subjects are people who submit themselves to God. People who are subject to Jesus as king in their life will bring him his due praises. Not just songs, but a lifestyle. Amen. Your life is a song. Amen. You cannot get the prize of the king without giving him back his praise. He gives you praise, but he expects you to sing it when nobody else is singing. There's no big choir around you. And there's nobody to tune you up. Come on, tune me up. There's nobody there. But you've got to get tuned in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Thank God God's going to test you. You cannot get the prize of the king without giving him back his praise. His praise must echo, echo, echo. From glory throughout the ends of the earth and fruitfully return back in glory. The cry or sound of true worship, true spiritual worship, that is, from the earth, is the signal to heaven that someone needs to be lifted up by Jesus. That's why those in those desperate, uh, obscure places in the word, God heard their cry. Did they hear his voice hard not your heart? And you know, God, if you don't, amen, consider iniquity in your heart, all the murmuring and stuff, God can hear you. Our murmuring gets in the way. Murmuring blocks your praise from going past the ceiling, my God. So we got to cut it out, don't we? The cry or sound of true worship, true spiritual worship from the earth is the signal to heaven that someone must be lifted up by Jesus. Think about 1 Timothy 3.16. What about Ephesians 5.27 also reveals, both of them reveal without question that it is, this is the great mystery of our faith. Christ appeared in the flesh, right? And was shown to be righteous by the Holy Spirit. He was seen by angels and was announced to all the nations. He was believed on in the world and then was taken up into heaven. Guess what? He's due to return for his bride. Are you intimate like that? His bride is the church, not the four walls. Not everybody that's got such big venues like they have the anointing because they have big venues. We know about all investments. Every little shoestring counts. Oh, we know the name of it and what it means. That doesn't mean nothing if you don't know Jesus. That means nothing if you have not drawn nigh to touch who? Jesus. Amen. We got to draw nigh to Jesus so that he may have the joy of presenting us to himself as a what? Glorious church without spot or wrinkle or any other blemish. There's a lot of vestments with spots and wrinkles and blemishes. My God. Pretense. They went somewhere they weren't called to. My God. Maybe they were called, but they didn't go through all the vicissitudes of that calling. My God. God needs to prepare you. There has to be a preheating of the oven. There has to be a, uh, ingredients brought together. There has to be a kneading of the dough. There has to be a shut in and shut the world out. Amen. There has to be a bring you back in to put you back into the heat of discipleship, to test you, to see of what sort you are. Are you going to rise or are you going to fall? I heard a story about Mama Norris. 
daughter's all dancing around the oven. She says, stop that. You can't stand a certain way in front of the oven. The cake will fall. <laughs> Hallelujah. Got the cake together all up in the bowl. And uh, we're going to test it to see of what sort it is. Let's put it in the preheated oven. Let's see. It's going to come out good or bad. My God, is it going to fall? But who shall what be able to stand? Oh, I want to be ready. Got my mama ready for the great day. Who shall be able to stand? Got my sister, my brother, my father ready for the great day. Who shall be able to stand? I want to be able to stand. When it's all said and done, I want to make an account to the Lord that I, amen, didn't murmur. I didn't complain. I went on and gave my all to Jesus. All to Jesus I surrender. All to him I freely give. I will ever love and trust him in his presence daily live. I surrender all. Help me to surrender all. Oh, I want to be holy. And without fault, hallelujah and amen. Somebody help me say hallelujah and amen. amen. Hallelujah and what? Hallelujah. Amen. Draw nigh amen. and touch Jesus. Amen. We of the realm of Agape Christian Church pray that the Holy Word of God has richly blessed your soul. To send prayer requests, use the contacts page of our website, www.roagape.org. We need your continued prayers and financial support to maintain this ministry. You can also find a secure means of donating on our website. God bless you.